You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up everybody? Welcome to another preseason edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is Brady Trantham inside American Airlines Center. As the staff here in the arena are tearing up the floor, getting it ready for, I guess, a hockey game. Uh, but I am joined not just with Miss Madison Morris, who uh, tagged along with the hello on the trip. Uh, we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of fun. But also, we are blessed and graced with the presence of Miss Olivia Punchall from Daily Thunder. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> no, it's uh, first of all, it's it's finally, it's really great to meet you in yes, person. It is. Um, always enjoy your Thunder tweets over the years. Um, always, always good stuff, Olivia. Um, so welcome to the podcast. I know you've been on uh, with our good friend John Ham on the Dream Team podcast before, but um, really quick, how many podcasts have you been on so far? Um, like. Less than five, I want to say. <laughs> not that many. <laughs> it, you're really not missing much. <laughs> I mean, Madison loves podcasting so much. She, oh, I love it. <laughs> it took me forever to hook up this contraption to podcast, and she was just screaming at me to hurry up. Because I was just dying to give my opinions over this game. I know, because there's a lot of opinions from this game. Uh, I have a lot. If you guys weren't able to watch, because I don't... I. I don't think people were able to watch on TV. I saw a lot of complaints on Twitter. Yeah, I don't think so. so um, a lot of illegal streaming going on in Oklahoma City. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, follow it on Twitter. The Thunder lose to the Dallas Mavericks 107-70. to 70. Brutal. It was, uh, it was not pretty. <laughs> no. No. It wasn't pretty, but I'll just get this off the bat. No Steven Adams, no Chris Paul, and no Andre Robertson, but that should be That's no, not at this point. Like, yeah, he's just not going to play in the preseason, I guess. And it's preseason, so does it even really matter? <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's real to some people. Um, <laughs> it's really important to some players, but yeah, it was. Uh, the Thunder played two really good games. They played mm-hmm. against these this the same Mavericks last Tuesday in Tulsa, who didn't play Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Those two played tonight. It really showed. It uh, really showed. Yeah, mm-hmm. they played. They played that Mavericks team. Killed them early on. Then they played an overmatched team in the New Zealand Breakers uh, tonight. I mean, I'll start with you, Olivia, because uh, Madison and I talked about it on the uh, video that we did a few minutes ago. I feel like this is kind of what people assume this team is supposed to look like. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is like the worst case scenario for this team. You know, if we are really doing this whole rebuild thing and we do trades throughout the season, this is kind of what we would be left with. And, you know, it wasn't great, but I think that it really demonstrates what an important piece Chris Paul and Steven Adams are to this team. Uh, one thing I really noticed is not only were they missing Steven Adams' offensive contribution, but the floor spacing that he brings. Because every time that uh, Shea or Gallinari were coming towards the basket, the lane was just clogged with four Mavericks players, and there was just no way to get to the rim. And that's something that doesn't really happen when Adams is there. And so I think it just really highlighted what an important piece he is to this team. Yeah, and, I mean, no Steven Adams, and the Thunder are going to be affected on the boards. <laughs> and, look... Four offensive rebounds isn't the – it's not the end of the world in one quarter. But the Mavericks had four offensive rebounds, and I think the Thunder had ten total rebounds as a team in the mm-hmm. first quarter. Yeah. Like, that's where the tone was set. Like, right. the Thunder are going to have trouble scoring off the bat just because they're not at full strength. But the rebounding – like, they were just giving up some trash offensive rebounds. And the fourth one at the end of the quarter was taken by J.J. Barea, which – 
Um, Madison, My favorite how, player. <laughs> how tall is he? Uh, he's he's quite short. I would tower over that guy. I think we're the same height, and I'm 5'2", so I think we're about <laughs> that, the same. That is so impressive. Like, look <laughs> at this guy go as a 5'2 NBA player who's been in the league for a long time. It's not like he's brand new or anything. So that's impressive, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? We're, we're even burying the lead. This was, this was like, a, like I said, we already saw the Thunder play the Mavericks last week, but it's so weird to be in this arena, Madison, because we were here the last time the Thunder played the Mavericks mm-hmm. with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's like, true. Dallas fans are charged up when Russell comes to town. Yeah. They don't like each other. There's a lot of history between these two franchises. It felt so weird to not have a J.J. Barea-Russell Westbrook fight at some point during this game. Like it's It was disappointing. It's so <laughs> odd. It's just it's gonna take it's going to take some getting used to, but I mean getting back to this game, it is what it is, guys. Um mm-hmm. I probably one of the more shocking things for for me. Uh, Gallinari had a really good game yeah, you know, early on, especially. Um, Hamadou Diallo, uh, really good on both ends of the floor in the first quarter. Then he started racking up some fouls, but mm-hmm. he's young. Um, pro- but probably the most su- surprising thing, and I don't know if you guys noticed anything. I don't know if he was going to have any potential assists because guys missed shots, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander gets the start, of course. Yeah. No assists. Yeah, no assists and kind of just a slow, just all-around slow night. He just he mm-hmm. wasn't creating for other people. He wasn't really doing so well offensively himself. Just kind of seemed like he was, you know, not really in his element or not, mm-hmm. the, especially not the same type of explosive and athletic player we saw in the first two games. Yeah, yeah. And Bill, like uh, Madison, like the ball movement to me just seemed so. Not lazy. It seemed manufactured, and Billy Donovan kind of talked about it in the post game with us about how he thought the pa- like they were all around the perimeter way too much, and they weren't like keeping Dallas honest with trying to drive, yeah, and driving kick or attack the basket. Because how many free throws did they have? They had like six. I don't think they had that many, and they didn't. They had sixteen. It's sixteen. Yeah, and they hit half of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, again, this is probably. You're not going to see this every single night. This team is going to be a high-effort team. They're going to be like the stereotypical, like, gritty, hustle team that fans are going to be – it's going to be really easy for fans to root for this team just from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. But they're going to be nights like this. Oh, there's definitely going to be a lot of nights like this, I think. And um, it was just kind of weird tonight because – how you were talking about the ball movement, it seemed like it was very hesitant tonight. I felt like guys, uh, especially even like Dennis and SGA and even um, Deontay Burton when he was out there, it just there was a lot of times where it looked like these guys didn't have the confidence to really move the ball down the court and orchestrate when they were out there. And so guys like Shea, he's going to have to step up because there wasn't, you know, Chris Paul was not out there tonight. And obviously there's going to be more games like that. Who knows what's going to happen, especially come February. Even so, injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Like rest. anything's possible. Yeah. And I mean, let's not, you know, let's not shy away from the fact that Chris Paul is prone to injury. Like right. that's going to happen. So, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot of confidence that needs to be instilled in guys like Shea and even Dennis to step in because I, it's almost like a, ooh, I don't know, like if if I need to like take if I need to take this or if I need to lead this time or it's just it kind of just looked very hesitant to me out there and I think that's why there were a lot of offensive struggles and I mean like Brady was saying um, Shea kind of or actually I think it was Olivia. You guys were saying that um, he really started. One of us. Yeah, it was one of you guys because there's nobody else here. But he started off pretty slow. I mean, he did kind of rack it up towards the end of the game. I think he finished with like 16 or something. And same for Gallinari. But 
it, it just you can't start out slow, especially if you're going to be the primary ball handler. You have to be out there and lead with confidence. And I don't think Shea's quite doing that yet. But I think, uh, especially what Billy was saying, this really was a learning opportunity. And now that they have gone up against a stacked Dallas team, you know, they're it's it's only going to get harder from here on out, and they're going to have to realize that. And like. I'll get into what I I'm looking for like when we see games like this. But uh, Olivia, I'll give you the floor. Like, w- was there anything in particular that you were a looking forward to to seeing tonight? Uh, more like long term stuff, like whether it was I don't know Darius Baisley, his play on the floor, how that's going to progress over the se- over the year. I mean, was there anything that you s- were looking forward to and that you saw tonight? Well, I was really looking forward to the young players living up to their potential. So them having a a greater opportunity to really show what they've been working on this offseason. And I think the person that impressed me most in that respect was uh, Hamadou Diallo. His defense tonight, like you said, um, in the first quarter was really phenomenal. And you could see that he was really putting the pressure on Luka. Luka was visibly frustrated um, heading to the bench during one of the timeouts. And I think it was just really impressive um, just – you know his mindset going into it because obviously he's he's young and he's going against one of the the stars in the league right now and he did not shy away from that at all and I was really impressed by that uh, but what I would have liked to have seen more is the young players kind of taking on that leadership role so like like Madison said there are going to be games where Chris Paul is going to sit Gallo's going to sit um, Stephen Adams is going to sit and there needs to be someone who you know leads the team in the absence of those players and I wish there would have been more of that tonight. Yeah, not like I'll give you a shout out because you asked the last question in the scrum to Hamadou Diallo, and you kind of like gave him like uh, because well, you asked you him like think how, about how, it. how yeah. do you keep the defensive intensity up mm-hmm. without fouling? Right. And Hamadou, <laughs> like, like I get it. Like he's those questions are the, those are the questions that need to be asked. Mm-hmm. It's but it's probably frustrating to hear, and you could just see it in his eyes. Like I mean damn it I don't know <laughs> yeah I mean uh, like, I talked to him after I caught him in the hallway and I was like I didn't mean to put you on the spot and he said no you didn't put me on the spot I mean you asked Luca the, the, put him on the spot yeah like you asked <laughs> literally it's just like I didn't want to say it but that is what the problem was like I was playing great defense but then I was also racking up all these fouls and so and then it wasn't effective because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how great you're playing if you have to sit because you've got five fouls halfway through the third quarter exactly so. yeah and you know like the thing about last year um, and I'm, I'll apply this to Terrence Ferguson. Last year, I, I really viewed um, Terrence's season as an extended rookie year because he played sparingly his actual rookie year. Mm-hmm. It was really inconsistent. He'd be in the lineup, then he'd be out for like 12 games. Right. Then he'd come back in and have an okay performance here and there. So like he, he gets thrust into the starting lineup last year because Andre Robertson is out. It was an extended rookie season, so there was going to be a lot of mistakes early on, and there was. Like, Terrence was – he was playing so bad that fans and, like, even people in the media were asking, like, do you not start Terrence Ferguson mm-hmm. anymore? And then Billy, to his credit, stuck with him, and it ended up paying off because Terrence eventually figured it out. All that – all those mistakes paid off because he learned from them. Mm-hmm. I kind of see the same thing with Hamadou Diallo. Um, he he – Played fairly well first half of the season, fell off. He had an injury, and then defenses figured figured him out. Um, He was kind of a one-trick pony with just basically succeeding off of his athleticism. But now he's going to have to learn how to apply that athleticism to the floor to Mm -hmm. become a good basketball player. And you saw it in flashes tonight. Right. And him racking up fouls, that's exactly what Terrence Ferguson went through. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing with me on on Hamadou is I just need to see comfort, and I just Mm -hmm. need to see – like, I'll say discipline, but when you rack up five fouls pretty quickly, like, 
you would think, okay, he wasn't disciplined. But some of those fouls, like I agree, Billy. Mm-hmm. I asked Billy about it, and he thought that that base that baseline foul in the third quarter, um, that was his fifth foul, was kind of like eh, it's kind of ticky tacky. But that's going to happen because Luca's he's a very crafty offensive player. When Hami's going to go up against these guys, like they're they have tricks, and Hami has to understand. Mm-hmm. You got to watch film. You got to scout. Mm-hmm. You got to understand what they're going to try and throw at you. But he can only learn that when he's on the floor. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff like this. But overall, like considering all things, I was frankly pretty happy with what I saw from Hami. Like he's made some very noticeable improvements early on in the preseason mm-hmm. from where he was last year. Yeah, Hami he he's starting to look more like a seasoned vet to me, and I feel like he stepped into that role a lot faster than other guys have, especially in the past. I mean, you were just talking a little bit about Terrence Ferguson, and yeah, he's still kind of developing and evolving as a player, even though he's in his third year. But guys like Hamadou, especially um, against the New Zealand Breakers, I felt like that was really a breakout for him. And especially if he's going to pull stuff like that out uh, in preseason, it's very it's very comforting to see that he's able to take on that role. And he understands and acknowledges that he has a bigger role in the team this year and he's ready to take that on. It's not it's not any sense of reluctancy from him. And that's that's really good to see Hami like being able to step into that position and just played to the extent that I feel like we all know he's capable of doing. So that was really cool to see. And I was even talking with someone the other day about how Hamadou right now is kind of one of my favorite players on this team just because I feel like he is still evolving. And I think that was a little bit of a problem with last season's team is that I felt like not enough of them were evolving except for Jeremy. And Jeremy's no longer here. So it's just like you want to see these guys evolving. You want to see them taking little things from each and every single game and applying them to the next game and helping them to get better, helping the team to get better. And it's almost like an encouragement to guys just by the way that they're playing. And so, I don't know, I'm seeing Hamidou step into that role and have those kinds of like aha moments and it's still just preseason so I feel like the sky's the limit especially for a guy like Hami just because of how young he is how athletic he is and how he's just he acknowledges that he's able to take on this bigger role this season I was honestly surprised to see him in the starting lineup for Mm -hmm. tonight I thought that it was going to be Ferguson but I'm really glad that Billy Donovan gave Diallo that chance to show himself and to prove that he can be a good defender and while the score in preseason doesn't matter it is a good time to like try out these weird lineups like starting three point guards or mm-hmm. <laughs> which starting your rookie and Darius Baisley the other night yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah just trying that out and letting them you know get the most out of these learning experiences because the score doesn't matter so what does matter is learning from those mistakes getting mm-hmm. that experience so that way when they see the the Mavericks again that he has that experience he's kind of figured out those things that Doncic does and hopefully can you know be more effective in in defending him and not getting as many personal fouls yeah Billy has to Billy Donovan has to be loving his his life right now because he's he's a guy he's a coach that has in his years as the Thunder's head coach he has kind of a reputation for not being shy of Mm -hmm. like just throwing a monkey wrench into rotations not necessarily with starting lineups because the Thunder have been a they've been a franchise and it's probably because of somebody who isn't here anymore who didn't really ever like to change the starting lineup but now billy has every opportunity to just uh first game like you said Olivia, yeah. we're gonna start three point guards second <laughs> yeah. game i'm gonna start um darius Baisley at power forward this game you know like i'll start other guys i'll put in other guys i'll put in different guys different combinations on the floor just to see like how these guys mesh and right. something he told us after the new zealand game that i thought was actually something I wanted to hear mm-hmm. I've always wanted to hear this I've never actually heard an NBA coach talk about this um, but somebody asked him about like the decision to start Darius Baisley and he said 
these guys are only going to learn if we throw them into the fire. Mm -hmm. And this season is a gigantic inferno for a lot of these Mm -hmm. players. Like, you're either going to catch on in the NBA with this team right now or you're just not going to because there are going to be plenty of opportunities because, like, there's always the – there's always going to be the issues moving forward with potential injury, like Steven Adams, Chris mm-hmm. Paul, Danilo Gallinari. But even if they're not hurt, there's going to be nights where they're not going to play back-to-backs. They're not mm-hmm. going. To, they're going to sit randomly. Right. And guys like Hami and Darius, um, Shea Gilders Alexander is going to have a little bit more responsibility than he's had even going back to his rookie year with the Clippers. There's going to be a lot of nights where guys will have responsibilities like this, and some nights the ball will fall into the through the hoop, mm-hmm. and other nights it's going to look like this. So mm-hmm. like. Hold on, Thunder fans. It's it. I, I hate to say this. They're going to lose by thirty-seven every night because they're not going to. But uh, there are going to be nights like this. So yeah. hold so on tight. This is what a lot of you wanted. A lot of you were like, "This is our tank. opportunity to like start over. Let's tank. Trust the process." This is what process looks like. We're so <laughs> just going to have to deal with it. And also, this is preseason. Like I, I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of found myself watching this game tonight, and just being like, "Oh God, like this is going to be rough." But then yeah. I have to remember. This is exactly what preseason is for. Mm-hmm. It's for testing. It's for experimenting. It's for failing, but then learning from it and then moving on from it. Like, mm-hmm. they had two very successful games to start the season. Well, start preseason. And, yeah, they came on the road. Uh, I, I don't even want to count Tulsa as a road game. It's, mm-hmm. you know. but I mean, It was a road game for us. It was, <laughs> it was a road game for us. <laughs> um, but this was their first real road test with a very stacked roster. I mean, they're still missing uh, Powell on the Mavericks side. But still, they had two very strong players out there. And they had a just a full roster of very experienced, well-thought-out players. And I think that Rick Carlisle did a really good job putting his guys out there and making sure that Dallas looked dominant tonight in front of their home crowd, and they did. And so, honestly, this is exactly what preseason is for. The Thunder failed tonight, but they're going to learn from it, and now they have one more opportunity in preseason to clean some stuff up before it's go time. Yeah, well, right now, I, like, because it's it's late, it's eleven o'clock. I've got to drive back to I've got to drive back home to Oklahoma City. Um, so, I, I was I wanted to talk about a few more basketball things, but I wanted to cut right to the point to the reason why we're here. Olivia, what are your thoughts on the NBA and the China debacle, especially with what LeBron oh, James said? Like, right now. Right now? <laughs> Don't even I'm think about it. Okay, well, I think that... Pe- people are listening. Okay, people are listening. So here's my, my opinion on the situation. So I think that a lot of players and coaches are balking at these questions and not giving, you know, in my opinion, a quality response. It's not unexpected. You've had a week since this, this tweet came out to think about what your response is. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of pressure on the players and the coaches from the front, the upper levels, executive levels of the NBA on what they can and can't say. But I think that this, a lot of people are saying this is a really complex issue and they don't know where they stand because there's a lot of history and a lot of things that they don't understand. But I think it really is a, a very simple issue. Maury was right on a, on a moral level about what's going on and you can you can agree with him on that but you also like understand the larger picture but i think that it's it's a difficult situation it's it's gonna create a lot of controversy but i think that the nba created the controversy for themselves they mishandled the situation from the second that it happened and ever since then it's just been a ball spinning out of control and i just i don't know how I, hopefully you, they can hope it blows over. But you I don't really know if it took will. that question and ran with it. Like you passed. <laughs> the you did test. a much better job than I did. <laughs> when Brady asked me that, I said, mm, "Yeah, not talking about that." <laughs> well, I, I mean, 
it needs to be talked about. It does, and, yeah. You know, there's definitely a double standard. And it, I think that one thing that really disappointed me about the NBA is they, unlike a lot of other professional sports leagues in the United States, they've taken the stance of being, you know, like the woke the, you know, the progressive the league, league right? mm-hmm. so yeah, the they progress, you know league. they speak out on issues they encourage their players to be politically active but then when it comes down to something that affects you know the bottom line and how much money the nba makes they kind of they like, back whoa down. whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, look, it, it's weird to even talk about this because like the reason why i wanted to get into sports journalism mm-hmm. was because um, people don't kill each other over sports takes. They'll they'll yell at you and call you terrible things that prob- mm-hmm. that might hurt your feelings deep down. Someone told me I look like the squirrel from Ice Age last week. What? <laughs> That's rude. Why? You don't look like the squirrel from what Ice Age. Say? What did you say? Okay, so it was this <laughs> this person who replied to someone else's tweet saying that like preseason doesn't matter and i like clicked on them to see who they were and like their most recent most their most recent retweet was of that lakers image where the lakers were like like be scared like the lakers are coming and it was like the score of one of their preseason games and i was like yeah you retweeted this and then everyone was like oh burn like you she Mm -hmm. got you and then he was like you look like the squirrel from ice age (laughs) somebody was mad online that's fine i mean i'm not mad about it i just I was showing your point that people, you know, <laughs> people are mean out of their way to say some weird stuff. I know, Madison's been hated on for oh like making gosh, a yeah. joke at Russell's expense. Yeah. I, I got crucified on Twitter. Be it all I said was, what did I even say? Um, it was basically like someone put out a tweet that Russell had made a statement saying he was like over the whole next question thing. Mm-hmm. Now that he's in Houston, he's not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just said, eh period give it time period totally joking because we had to deal with that for like two years of Russell next questioning everything and it was just a joke and then oh my gosh I got destroyed verbally on Twitter it was wonderful rightfully so how dare you how dare I oh my gosh I am so sorry I'm not sorry it's um (laughs) the other thing before we get out of here guys the other thing that really popped out this game that's going to be a big thing moving forward is uh, every single brewery in the Oklahoma City area is going to have a beer called the oh. Gilgis Ale because <laughs> mm-hmm. the uh, um, the Jumbotron here at the American Airlines Center, because everybody knows Gilgis Alexander has a really long last name. He does. Um, it's spelled out Gilgis hyphen A-L-E. So I look forward to uh, our good friends at Vanessa Beer House to actually Shout have out Vanessa beer. a beer called <laughs> a Gilgis my favorite. Ale. And um, I mentioned on Twitter that I would drink 12. And then Vanessa Beerhouse tweeted me back and said, we'll hold you to it. So um, I'm sorry, liver, body, organs. I will help you. <laughs> yeah, I will absolutely help, help you. Um, yeah, Olivia, thank you so much for jumping Thanks, on Olivia. our podcast. Thanks, Olivia, for having me. This of is course. fun. Yeah. Great first day of the yeah, preseason this, oh, good. season. This Yay. was your first game in person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, covering what? it in person. It's yep. awesome. My first game was the Thunder and Pacers in Oklahoma City, and it was Victor Lodipa's first game back. Mm-hmm. Ah. And I think talking to – I can't remember what player we were talking to. It might have been Steven Adams. Um, I held my phone out to record, and I dropped it. <laughs> Love that. And Steven just kind of looked down and said, is it okay? Oh, wait. <laughs> Can we talk about how many ribs Steven Adams ate? Oh, jeez, Louise. No, okay, so here's here's the biggest takeaway. He ate those ribs after Chris Paul had left the locker room. There yeah. is a controversy mm-hmm. in this locker that's room. That's respectful, though. He's it, like, I'm not going to eat this whole cow until you – Because I swear <laughs> to God, he ate a whole – like, there It was were an entire one. Yeah, how many ribs cow. are in a cow? Like, we need – Well, Madison. they're all in Steven Adams' belly right now. Yeah, 
He ate the bones as well. He probably he did. He must have 12, so it's got to be more than that. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. No, either either Steven is being respectful of Chris Paul and Andre Robertson because he was also out mm-hmm. of the locker room as well of their uh, eating habits now, or right. Chris Paul lords himself over the locker room in such a way that Steven ate <laughs> after he left in fear. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that there's anybody that intimidates Steven Adams. Oh, same. <laughs> I mean, he did say, like, you talked about it on the CGA podcast, Madison, about oh, how, about like, why didn't uh, Steven want to stretch the floor in the last few years? Well, because Russell would scream Russell, at me. <laughs> I didn't say this on okay, the CGA, but... If there's one person, okay. Yeah, it's it Russell. was probably Russell, but Steven but. legit said, well, he would kick my ass, mm-hmm. and he probably would. Mm, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Russ again. We're speaking, oh, God, we Russ, are speaking ill of Russell's too I take it back, everybody. I'm so sorry. Fight, man. He's too pretty. He, <laughs> I, I joked with Brady. He's just too spastic. He would just... <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, I promise everybody we won't talk about Russell Westbrook every single Okay, I'm very it, sorry. It, it is preseason. Come so. after me. It's fine. It's, uh, At Madison Morris on Twitter. 37-point loss. A lot of young guys played and made mistakes so there's only so much we can talk about but i am glad that olivia punchel uh joined us on the podcast because i'm tired madison is tired tired. we would have just been (laughs) droning on and on about nonsense hong kong politics (laughs) (laughs) been staring into thin air this whole time (laughs) yeah let's take a great leap forward um out of the china talk and sign off. Olivia, thank you so much. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully you get to come down to Oklahoma City and we'll probably we'll force, again. force you at gunpoint to get back on the OKC82 podcast. Let's do it. I look forward to it. <laughs> yes. Please don't cower in fear. We won't hurt you. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. Um, but for these two lovely ladies who did such a great job, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a great rest of your night.